0: Abby, yeah, this is the Black Country Blog, Chewing the Fat, with me, Kev Dillon, Lee Cabman, and our very special guest today is Debbie Slade. Now, Debbie works for Black Country Women's Aid, who do remarkable, remarkable work. And I've been trying to get Debbie on for the last year, and it's been, you know, different things popping up, uh, but I've wanted to come on today to talk about the Black Country's Women's Aid. And the Black Country Women's Aid doesn't only work with women, it works with men, women, old and young. So I'm going to pass you over to Debbie so she can just explain a bit what, she, uh, what they do. So Debbie, could you tell us a bit about the Black Country community, please?
2: Yes, certainly, Kevin. be delighted to. And I've got to say, that intro was lovely. I love the music and everything. <laughs>
0: um,
2: yeah, so uh, Black Country Women's Aid, our charity has been going 31 years now. Um, started up in West Bromwich by just a few local women who realised there was, you know, um, nothing there for women to help them if they were suffering um, domestic violence, sexual abuse, any form of um, abuse, really. So they started up um, a very small safe house. And unfortunately, because the problem is just growing and getting worse and worse, we now actually are a regional charity and we have six refuges. Um, refuge is, is more than just a refuge because when a woman finally picks up the phone and tells or she is at her total end um you know she she's that frightened and um she just can't handle it anymore and I don't mind saying and I'm proud to say that you know I'll share with you that I went through um, domestic abuse myself 25 years ago and part of tonight is to let other people know out there, women and young, young people and men, to come forward, and you're going to get the best of health and we can help, uh, help. And we can really promise that. So to give you an idea, um, the six refugees that we have, currently, we've got 65 women in there. Um, we have 54 children, um, we have newborn babies, we have pregnant moms. And when a family, uh, when a woman, uh, if I take you from the, like, the journey, so you ring that number um, or text us or WhatsApp us or me- message us and you say, you know, you can't continue anymore. From that moment on, you'll be believed everything is confidential and you'll be have your own support worker from the time you go into refuge. Not everybody needs refuge. Sometimes we can keep the perpetrators away just by different things we can do with the police and the courts. You know, issuing different orders and things we do help men as well um, we don't put men into refuge because obviously we have, we can't mix but if a man comes to us with exactly the same problem we will that they will get exactly the same help they may have to go and stay in a hotel or we'll find somewhere but we'll still create the exit plan so they can get away and then we will go on to support them in every other way the same as we do women I mean, men aren't really looked after and a lot of men are really too ashamed to even say, you know, um, you know, they're going through um, especially domestic violence um, with their partner. And I just want to say as well, for all the men that are listening, um, although we always talk about men doing all these terrible violence and everything to women, um, the perpetrator is not always the man and it can be their own sister, your brother, the granddad, the next door neighbour. It could be a sports club that your child attends. It can be really anybody and from any level in society. A lot of people say, oh, it's all, or is it all like, you know, women, um, you know, from council estates and this. That. And that is so wrong. We have women from all walks of life, of all intelligence. Um, and it's a very, very horrible experience to go through and the fear that I experienced 26 years ago it's something that I'll never ever forget but once you come to somewhere like Black Country Women's Aid we can get you through we'll work through that trauma we have specialist therapists um, that will sit down and work out all of these problems not only with the woman or the man but with the children as well because what we do find as well is sometimes the children will start copying the perpetrator. So mm-hmm. if if it is their stepdad who's hurting them, they will then start to think that's normal and start doing this to the mum. So sometimes in refuge, you know, children will spit, spit at their mum, pull their hair, call them all sorts of names. So we work with the parents and the child as well to rebuild that relationship too.
0: I imagine so, that's very common, Debbie, because... You know that old saying, "Monkey see, monkey do," and it, yes. you only you can only learn something if you've been taught it. And it's easy yeah. to say, "Well, uh, we should all be teaching our children to respect women," but if you haven't been taught that lesson, how are you yes. ever going to teach it? So okay. we've got to be doing our our own parts as parents, coaches, teachers yeah. to educate. You don't be cruel to anyone, be it man, woman, or child, and set exactly. a good example.
2: Yeah. And also, the other thing to remember is abuse is not always violence. It's not always, you know, the punch. It could be financial, um, where you're being fully controlled. They won't allow you to have your own money, any money that comes into the house, even though you might be working full time, that money is going to him and he decides how it's spent. And it could be that a woman there might have to go out and actually steal food for her children to eat or steal clothes or steal a new uniform for school So um, that's where another service of ours comes in, and it's called our Women's Justice Service. So anybody um, who's uh, who's gone through that, so say you've gone out, also women could have hit the drink in order to be able to cope with this, you know, every night. So if I went out and stole a bottle of vodka and, you know, got arrested, instead of going down the lines of, you know, um, going down to the police station or appearing in court and getting a fine, What we do is, if you agree to come on a course with us for 13 weeks, um, that is all squashed, and we then find out how we can really help that woman to overcome everything that she's facing. Um, So that's financial abuse. But it comes in many different forms. We've got things like forced marriage. Um, We look after women who have had a terrible experience of going through FGM, you know, the uh, female genital mutilation. Um, So many different areas, but Black Country Women's Aid, um, because we've grown and grown and grown, we've developed all the other services so we can have a more of a holistic approach and really help the families through everything that they need. So we have our children's team and our children's team work with children one to one and they also go and visit them in school as well. And um, with this close contact, children will open up to us. And then if we find out that the abuse has been quite severe and that they might need therapy, um, we sort that out for them as well. Because if you've gone through a terrible trauma and you try tried to, you know, get in with a GP, you've got to wait forever to be seen and get appointments. We Black Country Women's Aid, we like to see our people as soon as we can because trauma doesn't wait for anybody. And with children... They usually go one of two ways. They can either go really angry and start, you know, hitting other kids at school, causing trouble, being nasty to other people, um, uh, or they, they go within themselves, withdrawn and maybe start self-harming, things like that. So our therapies, uh, therapists and our children's team are uh, play a major role at Black Country Women's Aid. And we also uh, run programmes in school where we can teach children from a very early age about um, their rights, if you like, and especially when they're moving from primary school into secondary, when they might start getting boyfriends, as we do, Um, and then, you know, it's teaching them little things like that's your mobile phone and it isn't okay that your boyfriend takes it off you, reads all your messages or stops you going out with your friends. So we are trying, and it's the only way we're going to do it really, is to teach our children
0: you know what is right and what is
2: wrong, really. Um, I mean, with the,
0: te- with, with the technology side of it, Deb. I was only having a conversation with one of my friends earlier, saying yeah. about mobile phones and internet and taking rude pictures yeah. of yourself or sexting yeah. and all the. And it's yeah. it's such a foreign world to someone like myself. But yeah. they forget it yeah. isn't and just going are. to your boy. It's not just going to your boyfriend. Once that photo yeah. is taken, it can be yeah. anywhere, and that photo can stay with you for the rest of your life.
2: Exactly, and that is a terrible form of abuse because can you imagine something going on? And I mean, in, you know, in a lot of cases, the women that have come forward to us, because um, we, we also offer a stalking support service, which stalking is on the, on the increase as well, sadly. Um, and in a lot of cases, you know, they are filmed, you know, they might be making love or they might be having a shower, and then all of a sudden it's put out to the whole world, and you just want to crawl under your stone and and, you know, die. So it really is awful. But I was going to give you some figures um, just for our area and um, just to give you an overview of the amount of calls and um, the the numbers of people that we're we're dealing with. So last year we supported 9,496 adults. So only 10% of them were men. Um, 6,148 um, we supported within the community, like I said, not everybody goes to refuge, we can put packages together where we can keep the perpetrator away, but still give that woman and that family everything that they need to get by. Um, so 290, We had last year we had 290 women in refuge, and um, with the women there were 128 children. We had 607 um, women that we had to work with that were being stalked. And stalking is really a very serious crime. It can be very, very dangerous at that stage. And I remember once going to um, one of our refuges and there was a single girl in there. And it's not very often that you have a a single girl, but she was an air hostess. Loved her job, everything. Fell in love, as you do. Um, She let um, this uh, partner move in with her, thought everything was great. Six months down the line, he's, you know, behaving psychotic and she can't cope. She hasn't told her family and she hasn't told any of her work colleagues because she literally is terrified. And in the end, she gave her job up and she came to refuge. And for the first two weeks, all she did was slept. She didn't want to mix with other people. So, you know, stalking is... um, a really terrible thing and um this is why we work with local businesses as well we run a lot of training courses so that you know it's corporate social responsibility for that business to look after their staff and with one in four women one in four women being affected they need to be able to identify if it's happening to one of their staff and then how to approach it and how to help the woman one in four debbie that's
0: that's amazing
2: Do you do you think it's? I'm sorry, Kevin. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Kevin. It's
0: one in three now. Sorry. I mean that's even worse, yeah. isn't it? But if do you think because of the TikToks, the Facebooks, the all the social media, do you think that's made it easier to find someone and stalk them?
2: Um. Well, I suppose it is. I think all like you know this you know, internet and uh, being able to do these things, yeah, it really does affect them because they go on then as well and pretend that they're somebody else. They create, you know, um, pretend profiles, but they follow them to work. They're outside their workplace. They seem to know everywhere where they're going. And another thing is, Kev, we had um, a a talk from, like, um, you know, um, cyber and security specialists. And, you know, on eBay, you can literally buy this little tiny box it's only about that big. It's about £45. You can put it anywhere in your house and you can hear everything. And you can also download some a piece of software to your wife or your girlfriend's phone or the other way around, and it will then let you know everything she's saying. How embarrassing is that, you know, to think, you know, you can't even share a conversation. So if I rang up my mum and I was like, oh, mum, this has happened, this has happened, and, you know, he's hearing that. So it's, it, it, is, it is, you're right, it's like the advancement thing in making things worse. Um, but domestic violence, I think, as sexual abuse and rape has always gone on. And another really dreadful figure, last year, and don't forget this is just in black country, and these are the children that we know about. We had 717 children that we cared for that had gone through rape, violence and exploitation. And that is just the saddest, horribly thing. You know? the,
1: all these figures. I mean, it's it's quite scary, really. And that's just in a a small area. Let's be honest. We're not. You know, you're not. It's not a massive area. And I suppose yeah. people, but our regular listeners, are going, well, you know, we're a men's mental health group. Why, why? have we got Debbie on from Black Country Women's Aid? Yeah. And the re- one of the reasons is, on our point of view, is. That we've got to change this because,
0: yeah. you
1: know, our children. I've got a daughter myself who's in secondary yeah. school, and those figures just terrify me. I've got a son who's a, who, who's who's at eight, you know, and I'm or oh nine, sorry. And we've got to bring him up yeah. to realise that's all wrong. It and is, the only yeah. way we can do that yeah. is by talking about it. And that's men it as is, well. Men yeah. have got to talk about this. Yeah.
2: Well, the whole thing is, you know, it's like, um, you know, what can women do? Um, you know, how can we keep ourselves safer? We can't keep looking at the women and saying, how are we going to make ourselves safe? OK, we can go to, you know, Kung Fu or Karate and try and learn skills. Always be aware of, your, you know, um, where you are. Always trust your hunch as well. I personally remember building a den when I was about, I think I was about 11. Um, in those days, you sort of still done things like that. We didn't have all this, you know. And me and my friends were out building this den. And um, all of a sudden this man's come over and, uh, you know, showed his other bits. And we were absolutely terrified, you know. And then another time, um, but that, that, that's it, about your, about your gut feeling. I also went to call for a friend one night after school. It was in a real high-rise tower block. And I got to the lift door and then this man come and stood by me. Um, and I just had this terrible gut feeling something's going to happen. And when the lift opened... I did actually get into the lift with him, even though I knew I had a gut feeling. Leave, go back out the front doors and don't go in the lift. And yet still, I thought another thing in my mind was saying, you'll be all right, you'll be all right, don't be silly. And I went up in the lift with him and he showed his private parts again. So I think one way that women can protect themselves is to always believe that hunch or that gut feeling you get. But mainly we've got to look at, you know, I've got two sons. And, um, you know, I brought them sort of more or less on my own, so they do have great respect for women um and I think you have got to instill into your children, you know you, you you don't speak to your mother like that, you don't do that to your sister, and you know they've got to understand you know young lads that you know women need to be respected, they need to be respected, and violence is not good for anybody, but I do think as well, you know you know with all these um um sex on sex on the internet and things and i think that you know when kids are getting access to it whichever way they do girls and boys you know they see these like crazy scenes of you know sexual violence and they think that's normal then you know they can go and practice that so uh, you know it is a lot to do with the way we live but i think it has to be a two-way thing you know it's how we bring our kids up isn't it as well you know, Let, so,
1: everyone deserves to be able to walk the street without fear, being in fear. And that's everyone, you know. There's no no substitutes for that. Everyone deserves to be able to go out at any time they choose to yeah. and 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 walk without fear.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I remember when mine were growing up, and you know, and they start wanting to go to nightclubs when they're not really old enough, and things like that. But you know, going to a disco say, for sixteen-year-olds or whatever. And I, I was that frightened and I think because of my own experiences and I could see what might happen, I used to drop them off and pick them up. And even though they moaned, we don't want to pick us up, and I was that frightened that I had to do that.
0: Yeah. And I, I think as you just said there, Debbie, like just jumping back in, like saying, should women have to learn kung fu or boxing? I, I teach boxing, it petrified yeah. me. It'd saddened me if any of my children, my men, women have to go and use it down the street just so they feel safe to walk down the road. We shouldn't have to feel like that. In the UK in 2021, where we've got more cameras than we've got bloody bus stops, you should feel safe walking down the road.
2: But I wouldn't feel safe. I wouldn't dream of going walking a street in any street, um, in the dark, on my own. Maybe that is because of, you know, what happened years ago, but I don't think it is. I think I generally think, or you know, you you don't know what's going to happen to you and I certainly put my daughter in for karate um you know as soon as she was old you know so at least she has got knowledge of you know a little bit of how to protect herself and I mean that comes on to um another subject which is um you know when these children start vanishing off the streets where are these children going you know and um another service that we provide is um, support for survivors of modern-day slavery and human trafficking and you won't believe the amount of people that we support in the black country um, through this i'll give you the exact figure Um, for last year last year we supported 346 survivors of modern-day slavery and that's survivors Yes, and that's grown. So in our, we do have a special refuge for women that have been trafficked. And we do also, sometimes a member of our staff will go out on a police raid when they go and say do raid some massage parlour in the, in the mailbox in town. And they're all over the place, these massage parlours, and they're full of women that have been trafficked into this country and girls from our area that have been forced to work as prostitutes and they're absolutely terrified so our member of staff will go with the police on the raid and um you know they they are victims they're not they haven't done anything wrong so we've been extremely lucky in that an anonymous donor gave money to um one of the big trusts and they've awarded us the money and we've built an extension onto our refuge so that when these um poor girls and men we do a lot with men but we bring them to refuge then they can have a shower they can put some new you know pair of leggings on a t-shirt and we can try and help them and look after them because they're they're so terrified that the, the trafficker you know will get them they get all these threats We will burn down your family's houses water this water that and i know currently we support over 200 males that have been um that we've you know um not found but that have come across our past because we work very much with the Salvation Army on this. So, currently, we're supporting 200 males that have had the most awful, terrible lives slavery a lot of them from when they were children and they've been sold by their own families into you know and they've ended up here and local and local people here as well. And they're slaves in rich people's homes. It's just unbelievable. It really is. It is and isn't it? Have- in the
0: UK. In the UK, you wouldn't believe that was possible, would you, nowadays?
2: No, no. And that particular service is growing and growing. Um, You know, you you see it all the time on the news about, you know, you see these people being trafficked in and everything. And, you know, if you heard the stories, um, the the real-life stories, and they're on our website if anybody wants to have a look. Obviously, we change names and everything, but it gives you the real story of how they got here and what's happened to them. And, you know, the young males... Um, that live in safe houses, they seem to be the most vulnerable, really. And um, they've gone through life of being raped or slayed and, you know, just treated like, I wouldn't say an animal because it's worse, and they get about £37 a week to live off. It really is a very sad world sometimes when you when you look at it.
0: Could, could I go back to a point, Deb, that you said before, like with the stalking and the rapes and everything, do you find a lot of it I'm just asking a question here because we feel in danger to walk down the road on our own. But is it true a lot of the the stalkers and the the groomers already know, you already know the person who's going to do it to you?
2: Yeah, I think they do. In in most cases, they do. Obviously, you will have stalkers that, you know, just took... um, A liking to you, they might have seen you on Facebook and they're trying to connect with you with pretend images. Then they find out where you live or where you work because you know we're so open with our information on Facebook. Where do you work? They've only got to go and stand outside your workplace. Um, and I've sat in on the stalking groups with the women and they're literally frightened of their own shadows. It's a horrible, horrible thing to go through. You know, every time your phone rings, you're looking out the window all of the time, and then. They just keep moving, but the stalkers just keep following. So in the end, you know, that doesn't work either. But our staff are absolutely brilliant. And although we've got all these, you know, all these terrible things, we're talking about rape, assault, you know, violence, terrible stuff. But honestly, and I think you know as well, Kev, we we, we run men's groups. And the good news is, because we have to keep getting funding all the time, the good news is, is that our men's groups are starting up again. Um, I think it's in June, and this is helping men who have been through childhood sexual abuse, who for whatever reason have never been able to disclose it, and they feel so ashamed, embarrassed. They sometimes wait till the you know the perpetrator, whoever's done it to them, has died because they don't want to upset their mums or their aunties or you know. Um but that's the good news. we have got the funding, so that will be starting again. And anybody Just- listening tonight, you know. Go on, Kev.
0: I said a sad thing about that, Deb. I mean, I won't mention names, but it's amazing through doing this and doing other things, how many poor buggers it's happened to. It's and they've, they've, lived, they've lived with it for 20, 20, 30, 40, 50, how many years? And I remember yeah. talking to one of them and I said, How did you get the strength? He says, okay, it wasn't having the strength to come out with it. I couldn't live with it anymore. I either had to yeah. get it off my chest or I was going to end my life. And I'd yeah. hate for anyone who's listening to this to feel like yeah. that because i'm not taking away from your pain i'd never do that but you're not yeah. alone and this has happened to unfortunately so many people so please reach out and get the help because exactly. sure your life is worth yeah. it
2: just pick up the phone and you know i know what they say oh, it's black country women's aid and i think it's like all women and yeah it is women but we have specialist people there to help you and um at our IGM, not last year because of the pandemic but the year before. It's only one day in a year when we can get all of our staff, you know, together, which is really lovely. And we actually had a me- a man who'd attended um, our course, and he stood up in front of all of all of us women. He made us cry, actually. And he said, you know, he couldn't believe how great he felt after, and you know how how he was thinking, I'm not going to a women's aid, and and now, and when he spoke about his experience and how how he could oh, now wow. look at it with a fresh pair of eyes. And he did feel heels, and he can get on with his life and that. So for any woman or any man who's listening tonight, the hardest part is picking up the phone and asking for help. Well, we can promise you we will be there for you. And we answer day and night, 12 009. You can ring that anytime you like, and you'll always get an answer.
0: I think that's on our show notes anyway, isn't it, Lee? I think yours has been one of the people we've had on there ever since the start, I believe, isn't it, Lee? yeah um i was just Um, trying to see whether
2: sorry all right i was just trying to see whether um um i i was i was reading something today and it said you know um it's very important to say it's not all men of course it's not all men we understand that we've got loving husbands brothers sons you know but there are men out there who want to do that and it said um Um, it's not all men, but there's enough men to keep us in a constant state of fear. One in three women are assaulted by a man in a lifetime. And it says, yeah, So, I mean that that freaked me out a little bit. And it it is true, you know, um, and the amount of different forms of violence, you know, we get older women coming to us as well. They've lived all their life married to the same man. They've had their children with them, and you know they get to their seventies, and I think you know what I've had enough. And
1: even at
0: that age, give us a ring, we'll get you through. Because I think the,
1: the figures made- are just scary, aren't they? It's absolutely terrifying. As I say, as a as a dad, um, two yeah. sisters, my mom, and I just think to you know that so, so potentially it's happened to one of those. Yeah, you know, and just my family. It's just yeah, that's crazy. And what what have What's society done or what are men doing to be brought oh, wow. up like this? Because it, it doesn't even cross my mind, you know. But to be done at that kind of rate, it's yes. happening a lot more often. And there's a lot more people out there that, that are bad and are doing it. It's scary. Yes.
2: Yeah. And and the thing is... um. That country women's aid on the fundraiser there, so it's my job to get the money in. So I get I get calls all day from our support workers. Um, Deb, uh, today I had one because we've also got a homeless women um service as well. So our staff will literally go on the street, um, and uh, talk to these homeless women. It's called the Willow Project. Um, again, hopefully this will keep going, but it is funding, funding, funding. But I got um a call from somebody from that service today saying, Deb, we've managed to get this lovely young girl off the streets, only 20. We've got her a place to live, just a small flat, but she's got nothing. She's got nothing. You know, so, I mean, this because I've been there nearly four years now, I've got great contacts where I can ring up and say, you know, are, are you thinking of having any new curtains? Before the pandemic, I could put it on Facebook and say, you know, if you're having a new sofa, please give us a call. We've got, you know, a family that haven't got anything because... When they leave Refuge, they do get grants, but they can't buy everything, Wizzy. So it's like, well, shall I have television, a sofa and beds, but then I can't have a washing machine? So there's all these different things to think of. Um, So I have to do the fundraising for all of the services. So I work with local communities. If you've got a pub, you can have a darts match, you can have a pool. Anybody can do a fundraiser. And then I worked with corporates like the West Bromwich Building Society. When I worked with them, they were fabulous. They chose us as their charity of the year. And they really did take a passion to find out about each one of our services. And they came in and seen what we've done. Um, And they were fabulous to work with. Um, And I just wondered if I could possibly show you a little appeal that we're running at the moment. And it's all about when a family leaves refuge, and uh you know we've got them for the trauma we've built the relationships they've got the key now for their new council flat or council house whatever we've got for them and it's all about that and i just thought it'd be a really nice time to just show you this it's only on for a couple of minutes
0: Brilliant.
2: and i'll have a quick sip of wine <laughs> <laughs> Today has been a challenge. I could do with a cup of tea right now.
1: My money won't stretch to buy food, nappies and baby clothes. I
2: wish I could block the light for her, but I had to prioritise her bed before curtains.
1: I can't make it to counselling today, we just moved from refuge and mum doesn't have enough money for the bus fare.
0: There be, and I think you know, when you say like your bus fare 50p or a pound, people think 50p a pound is nothing, but if you haven't got it, that 50p wants to be 50 quid. If you haven't yes. got it, you haven't got it.
2: And also, also, the idea is Kev because we have these sort of things all the time, you know, um, we're trying to encourage people to give 50 pence a week on a regular basis. So if you click our link, say two pounds a month that steady money that's coming in we'll always have money to give that kid to buy him a bus pass we'll be able to offer to buy a bed bedding pots and pans all the things they need so um we do have people who you know make a donation but if we can get this word around just 50 pence a week two quid a month we can really help these families to really start again um you know uh, even in refuge they don't have laptops and you know all these sorts of things and if you all went home tonight, you hadn't got your laptops or your tablets, a lot of people would be like, really? Oh, God, you know, lost without those sort of things. So that's why it's important. And that we launched this 50 pence a week thing um, for International Women's Day. Um, and I think Lee will be able to show you just a picture that we started using about this 50p. And the reason we based it on 50p is, you know, people are struggling at the moment themselves with money. You know, people are losing jobs and you know in terrible crisis and that's why we based it around 50 pence um you know so if anybody can share this it's on our facebook it's on twitter it's on our website that would really help us so from tonight if you can do just that spread the word for us you'll be possibly saving a life well,
0: and um, so with, with those stats you give us today i know I mean the slavery, the stalking, the domestic, and the the the, the child abuse. I mean, blue it's um, it, it it's <laughs> enough to make you may you have a belly full, isn't it?
2: I oh, know. And the thing is, we can really change lives just by giving fifty pence a week. We really can. We can do so much good with that. You don't, you won't believe the amount of good that we can do. Um, You know, it really will change their lives. And the other campaign we have running at the moment, because of the pandemic and all these lock-ins, we've had um, all these women and children. Obviously, there's been men locked in as well, horrendous, the same. But when they're locked in and they can't escape, you know, that's the perfect time for the abuser to really take control and really get stuck in. And we know after each lockdown, our figures go up. I mean, it was reported all over the news, domestic violence, sexual abuse, rates right? all gone up about 30% horrendous. So what we decided was, we, we've already got children that we're working with for this and young people. So what we decided to do, they've all been trapped in these houses. We want to run outdoor therapy for them, get them into, you know, a bit of the wildness, a bit of a jungle type, you know. So what we do is we bring together, say, a group of 10-year-olds so immediately they they all know that they've been through. Say for instance rape they've all so they they can sort of gel with these other kids, and we get them out um, into this wilderness environment, and they're just going to do things like build a shed together, start a fire together, and then they'll start to open up, and that's when we can really start to help them. Um, and it we uh, I, I posted that out on Facebook as well, just to give you an idea of cost. It costs one thousand pounds to get ten children on this for a day we know that oh. overnights and weekends one are really good but it's all down to money but if i can just show you that slide as well um i've done quite well on this um i've raised about four thousand pounds so far um but we've got a lot of sessions and we've got a lot of
0: children that need this and you're doing such a wonderful job honestly and from the bottom of off, so i phone you up for advice sometimes don't i and mm-hmm. um You've been remarkable. And, you know, I just want to say thank you everyone out there, to you and your organisation, because without people like you, God knows where these poor buggers would be. Oh,
2: well, it's not me. I mean, I feel for the, the, our support workers, especially the ones that are working with the children that have, you know, go home to violence every night The experience rape. They just do the most wonderful job in the world, I think, support them through. And then all our staff that work in refuge and all the different services, they really are talented, lovely people. And the other thing is a lot of us have been through it ourselves in some way. And a lot, even like women that have gone to refuge, um, that have stayed in refuge and they go back into education and they'll go to university and they might qualify as what's known as a Chisva, which is a children's independent sexual violence advocate. And then they come back and work for us. So we can see all the successes as well. So from all the doom and gloom, you know, there's always hope and we have women get back in touch with us that have now got their own businesses and nursing homes and they go right time to give something back and they really do give back. So, you know, that's the that's the lovely part.
0: We,
1: Lee, we do I'm have re- a... I
0: was gonna say, everybody covered, you read me mind.
1: Uh, I've been putting the comments up as we've we've been going along It's really nice comments out there And I hope people who are listening do donate Um, But we do have a question I'll bring up now So this is from Gemma Hawksworth So does Women's Aid help women who are worried about their perpetrators Coming back to find them years later and vice versa? Yeah,
2: from the moment you make that call to us um, We work on that problem that's immediate right there, right now whether you go to refuge or you don't go to refuge. And you can come back to us at any time, you just message us, email us or phone us. Um, And obviously we do close cases because there's so many new cases coming in all the time, but we'll always be there for you, always.
0: Debbie, could you read the nice comments? Did you you see them coming on the screen?
2: I didn't know, I can't see any comments.
0: Could you read some out, Lee, if you don't mind? Because I think it's lovely to give credit uh, where credit
1: to be honest due. It's a, it's a lot. It's, um, it sounds amazing, Deb. Um, oh. There's a few that have actually experienced stalking Um, who've commented. I won't, uh, I won't read them all out, Kev, to be quite honest. No. I think we we'll look back over them. Um, but Yeah, I it's absolutely say, fantastic.
2: Um, I'm not the great technical person, but I couldn't say, because sometimes there's a button called Chat, but I can't see that
1: you, you yeah, don't worry about it. We we can send it all over to you after.
2: Yeah. But if anybody, even if you've got a friend or you hear terrible noises coming from a house, try not to ignore it. Try and think, you know, how can you help um, that person? Because we've had people um, see our poster in like a, you know, a washroom of a nightclub and they've just looked at it and thought, you know what, I can't take any more. And instead of going back out, they've left. And they've called our number. And I know it's a frightening thing. And you, you feel ashamed. I did when I first, you know, um, I, I wouldn't tell anybody. I was so, you know, oh, God, I felt so awful. You know, mine was emotional abuse. And um, I, I couldn't go to any of my families because every time I tried to go to a family member to escape, the trouble would just be brought there, windows smashed. I was stuck, you know, and it's, it's all of those horrible things. So eventually I did go into refuge and I've got three kids. You know, it was a struggle to begin with, but I've got three of the most loveliest children in the world. They're magical. And, you know, that, that's the best part. So I'd urge anybody who needs help, pick the phone up, get in touch. We will, we will look after you. I mean, some women, if they're in, like, really high what we call high risk so if they're involved with say a gang member or something really dreadful like that they won't always be able to stay in one of our refuges if it's real high risk they will have to go to another refuge um you know for pure safety um i mean i can remember when i'd moved out of refuge and i'd I'd set up home again um he found me because my kids were at Catholic school and he just went round every single Catholic school until he seen the kids walking out. So, you know, it's really frightening. And, but there's that much support out there now. It's really worth just picking up the phone and, and asking for help. You don't, you know, don't take anything further. If you just want a conversation, that's fine. We'll do anything that you want us to do. And in terms of men, you know, there really isn't a lot of support out there for men. It's dreadful, really. But um, there is a charity called Mankind um, who do great things for any man in that situation or struggling or anything like that. Um, and then, of course, um, the big national charity called Refuge, they will help as well. But for any man suffering anything, you know, give us a call and we will help you. Um we did have, I remember one man coming in, because um, we've got, they're called Cedar Centers, so our offices are called Cedar Centers, and we, we have one in Warsaw inside the Rock Church. We have one in the Jewellery Quarter, and we have, uh, our head office is in uh, West Bromwich on Victoria Street, just off the High Street, and we've got an office in Dudley as well. We do work in Wolverhampton, but we haven't got an office there. So, you know, people can literally just walk in, you know, with their children and say, They can phone, text, they can do anything they want. Um, And I remember the one day um, a man came in, lovely tall gentleman, very memorable, and he said, it's not for me. And we said, that's fine. Brought him into a room on his own. And it wasn't actually for him, it was for his brother. And his wife had got him totally under total control. She was burning him and everything, dipping hot water on him, giving him a terrible life. And he wouldn't tell on her. And he was too frightened to leave because she said she would harm herself, call the police and have him done for domestic violence. And then she also said she would kill the children if ever he told. So what we did done with him, the same as what we would do with a woman, was we created an escape plan for him. So we set it all up and we helped him. When she was out, and we knew she was out, and it was just him with the kids, we got him and the children out, put them into a safe house, uh, one of our houses, and we we done exactly the same for him that we'd done for the woman, and at least it stopped her being able to blame him and ring the police, harm herself, and, you know, and he's doing really, really well now, and she is getting psychiatric help, so we do help men, so I do want you all to know that, you know, we're we're there for you.
0: And I think what you've said before, and I, I always say it on here, it takes courage to ask for help, but it also takes courage to accept the help.
2: Yes, that's true. Very true.
0: But the help you is out good. there, so, so take it. Sorry, Lee.
1: So Robert Horton has said that he wants to donate. So I want to donate to Debbie on a monthly basis. So Debbie, once oh. again, can you you let people know how they do that?
2: Oh, OK. Um. Well you know that you know that advert that you put up on screen? It's like it's like a link. It's just a link um to actually to
1: our... I actually have your other one as well, so I'll put that up there now. And if you look okay. at the bottom, there is VirginMoneyGiving.com. Is that the one? Um yeah,
2: that one is, but that's for our outdoor appeal for the kids therapy. Um the other one, it doesn't matter which one you do it to, but on this one, um, the fifty p challenge, you can find us on our website. Um, on Facebook um, or I can, um, you know, I think you've got the link so you could possibly send it all out to everybody after. But it's just as simple. You click on the link and it brings up a screen. I've done it and I just put £2 a month. There's all different monies. And I said I didn't want it set out like that because it goes £5, £10, £20. And I said I don't want it like that. I want it as £2. But you cannot change the websites of people that, set up the links like virgin you can't put two pounds but it does say other so you just click other and put two pounds in and that's it it's done
0: and as you said that two pounds can go a long way and it really what can really you buy for, what can you buy for two quid nowadays that two pound would really help someone couldn't it
2: it really does a set of mugs a set of cutlery yeah. you know money towards curtains a um, bit yeah. of paint on the walls, because they go in, and there's all these grant situations they've got. You know, they need floor covering, nice pair of curtains, you know. All of those things, honestly, it makes a massive difference.
0: Well, Debbie, it has been absolutely wonderful um, having you on tonight.
2: Thank you. Um,
0: is there is Before I ask you for your quote, is there anything else you'd like to just say and push out there
2: just um, you know, spread the word. If you think somebody, you know, is frightened, needs help, you know, do your best to try and sort of. I know it's a hard thing to talk about or approach somebody about, but just a friendly knock on the door. I'm always here whenever you need me, you know, um, and point them in our direction.
1: Lee, anything you want to say, bro? Um. Just thank you for the work you do. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, usually at this point we're we're plugging our um hoodies and and whatnot uh, for sale, but I think we'll change it this week oh. and say if you want to donate to anything, go over to this and go and donate. Yeah, it really does make a difference. Thank
0: because you very them, much. Because with them stats, I it, know it's made it's not me sick. And it it's truly. It,
1: yeah, it's as I say, you know, sisters, daughters, mothers, it's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But we've we've all got to talk about it to change it, and we've all got to action to change it. So I hope everyone yeah. listening out there, um, they do. They, they look at their, their sons that they're bringing up, or they look at their husbands and, yes. and, and make a change. Yes.
0: So, Debbie, as I'm going to ask you the same question, I'll ask everyone Have you got any quotes or sayings? that's helped to get through life, or is there a saying that the Black Country Women's Aid so say?
2: Oh, my God. Um, well, I'm from an Irish background, and uh, uh, my nan always said, uh, God bless and may the wind be always behind you. But in well, terms of I- Black Country Women's Aid, it's just that we believe you. So many women that have gone through rape or me. And they're not believed. We will believe you, we'll care for you, we'll support you and, you know, we'll do our best to get you through and help you to get back out there. And they're such lovely people to me. And, you know, like I said before, you know, mate, it's not all men are bad. I've got all lovely uncles, sons, everything. We know that. Um, and, you, you know, it's about trying to enjoy your life again and, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Once again, thank you.
0: So and guys, I think, Kev,
1: sorry, sorry. Kev, I think t- before you go there, I think uh, we're going to end, instead of ending on our outro, we'll end on the, the big 50p challenge video uh, in the hope that more people will donate. Oh, thank you.
0: So do so, a talk next time. Take care of yourselves and each yeah. other. Please donate. to Rorabit.
2: Today has been a challenge. I could do with a cup of tea right now.
1: My money won't stretch to buy food, nappies and baby clothes.
2: I wish I could block the light for her, but I had to prioritise her bed before curtains.
1: I can't make it to counselling today. We just moved from refuge and mum doesn't have enough money for the bus fare.